Hey, this is Pastor Matt. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we pray it speaks to you in a life-changing way. Do you have your Bible or your phone, whatever you use for your scriptures? I'm not going to be long this morning. Uh, I decided already this is going to be a two-part one, okay? So we'll finish it up next week, but... Um, uh, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 14. I get the opportunity uh, the second semester uh, to be able to teach over at the Bible College. And this passage, these two passages that I'm getting ready to look at, uh, look at came up this past week in one of our classes over there. And, and it's such a good passage, and I want to share it with us this morning. In fact, we're going to be looking at two passages in the New Testament And we're going to connect it with a passage in the Old Testament and just see what God has for us this morning. And this is what we're calling it today, the desolate places. The desolate places. Those places that are desolate. We've all had them. We've all experienced them. Some of us are experiencing them right now in our lives and in our families. Desolate places. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 It's the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to read one verse, verse 15. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted. Another version would say, this place is desolate. This place is desolate. Now, if you turn over to your, in your Bible one chapter to Matthew chapter 15, this is going to blow your mind. A few of you, this is going to blow your mind. Jesus feeds the 5,000. And we've heard that story. Five loaves, two fish. He feeds 5,000 people. But a lot of us may not have known one chapter later, he feeds 4,000. We never, I told our class over that. I said, I don't know if I've ever heard a preacher preach on Jesus feeding the 4,000. If a preacher got up and said, do you know the story where Jesus fed the 4,000? Half of us would go, that's 5,000, right? But there's another story in the Bible that we don't even realize is there. And it's the story of Jesus feeding 4,000. And it's found in chapter 15, all right? So in chapter 15, Jesus, and and in chapter, chapter 15, verse 33, I just want to read one scripture here for us. The disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread? Speaking of feeding 4,000 people. Where could we get enough bread in this desolate place? Where could we get enough bread in this desolate place? Other versions use different wording, all meaning basically the same. Some versions uses the word remote place. Some versions will use the word the wilderness. Some versions isolated. Some versions desolate or deserted. The most common is desolate. How can we ever get enough food? How can we ever get enough bread in this desolate place? Desolate places, we all have them. We all experience them. It will hit you at one time or another in your life more than once most likely. 
these desolate places that come, these desolate places that go. Uh, and, and the question is, and what we want to look at over the next two weeks, is how do we manage? How do we manage these desolate places? How do we manage these deserted places? How do we, how do we manage them, and how can we even prosper? How do we prosper during these desolate and in these desolate places and in these desolate times of our lives, you can actually, think about this for a second, you can actually grow and prosper even while you're in one of these desolate places. Even in desolate times, you can prosper. Matthew chapter 14, Jesus is getting ready to feed the 5,000 with five loaves and a couple fish. And what a miracle, right? This week on our church Facebook page, I noticed that we had a post that said, would you rather? And, and it was like, would you, <clears throat> would you rather have dinner with Moses or Paul? That was one of the questions. And one of the questions was, would you rather see Lazarus, have seen Lazarus raised from the dead or would you rather seen, had seen Jesus feed the 5,000? And I was like, crazy enough, as wild as it would be seeing a tomb come open and a dead man come alive, Mine was, I would rather have seen the 5,000 fed. I just, that's always been one of those miracles that I would want to see. It's the only miracle, by the way, mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and it is a fascinating miracle. One chapter later, Jesus feeds the 4,000. And again, what a wild miracle, and it would have been crazy. So what can we learn? Both of these happened in desolate places. So what do we learn? What can we learn and how do we manage and how do we prosper in desolate places? Real quickly, number one, if you're taking notes, number one, they followed. They followed. In both stories, we see people following after Jesus. In both stories, in both stories, Matthew chapter 14 and Matthew chapter 15, both times people followed him. Matthew chapter 14 Jesus is on this side of the sea and he's been ministering and, and he's tired, the disciples are tired and he says, let's get in the boat and let's cross over to the sea to where it's quiet and no one's there. And, and what's wild is some people that was there near him heard him say that. The disciples and Jesus get in the boat and they start you know, sailing, oaring, paddling, whatever you do, across the sea and as soon as Jesus got in the boat, and as soon as that boat turned around and started to cross sea, all the people that were over here with Jesus, they took off running. You can read it. They take off running around the sea, knowing where he was going. And while they're going, they're running, they're running around the sea, and while they're going, they're stopping, they're going, Chase, Jesus is going to be over here. Come with us. Stephanie, Jesus is going to be over here. Keith, Beth, bring your family. Jesus is going to be over here. And, and they're running around the sea, gathering people as they're going. And by the time Jesus pulls up to the dock on the other side, 5,000 men plus women and children, most likely 10 to 12,000 people, are standing on the shoreline waiting for him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the disciples going, oh, we're so tired. We just need to get away for a minute. And you pull up to the dock and you have 12,000 people waiting on you. You would think, I would just like turn the boat around. You know, let's go somewhere else quick. But where's the 250 horse? We need that thing on here right now. 
No, Jesus just pulled up to the dock and he gets out and he begins ministering to people again. And as he's ministering to people, um, they, they are, there's, they're listening to him. The Bible says they stayed there until the evening. They were following him. They were following him. Wherever he went, they followed him. Matthew chapter 15, we see the story of, that Jesus goes up onto a mountain, kind of by himself in this, the, the scripture defines it this way, as a desolate place, deserted, desolate, dry place. And they followed him. They followed him to that mountaintop. They followed him around the sea. They followed him to the desolate places. And as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, no wonder Jesus was able to do a miracle. No wonder. I go, wow, he fed 5,000. What, what would have made that happen? Why, why doesn't that happen today? And then I realized, I don't know if I'm running around the sea to meet him. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm willing to take off and bring people with me and go, come on, we gotta go meet Jesus. He's, he's gonna be on the other side of the sea. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. And then I, I, wonder, I wonder what Jesus would actually do if we were willing to follow him where he, wherever he goes. You know, it's, it's interesting. We think about Jesus. We talk about how God can bless us and prosper us and all these things, and I know that he does. I, I am very much aware of that, but I'm also <coughs> aware in this story that Jesus was going to desolate, deserted, lonely, quiet, uh, dry, dead places, and the people followed him. It wasn't, it wasn't to the riches, and it wasn't to the fame. Because if Jesus ever came to me and said, Matt, I want, I want you to follow me, and, and if you follow me, I just want to make you rich and famous, and I'd be the first one on the boat. I'd be like, let's, let's do it. Let's go. If, if he said, I want, if you follow me, I, I'm going to give you good health for the rest of your life. You'll never be sick another day of your life. You'll never be in need the rest of your life. You'll never have a want for the rest of your life. You're going to have hair for the rest of your life. That'd be so wonderful. Uh, Game changer. I'd be like, let's go. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jesus. Wherever you go, I go. That's what, you remember, that's what, uh, that's what Ruth told Naomi. You remember that story in the Old Testament? When she lost everything and she had nothing left, she lost her husband and no family, and she looked at Naomi and Naomi said, just go home. And Ruth said, I'm not leaving. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. Where you die, I'm dying. I'm not leaving you. I'm staying here. I'm following you. I'm following you wherever you go. And that's what, that's what we see these people doing with Jesus. He goes to the most desolate places, and they're willing to follow him there. And I'm not sure, sir, I wouldn't be like, no, thanks. I'm staying here. This is a lot better than that desolate, deserted, dry, dead. I'm staying there. No, I don't think I'm going to go over there, Jesus. But then I'm, I'm reading this story. No wonder Jesus did miracles. People were willing to follow him all the way to the desolate, deserted, dry, dead places. Lonely, silent, quiet places. These are the places that I see in the Bible where God can do some of his greatest things. After all, Isaiah chapter 53 says Jesus is the root 
that comes out of the dry ground. He's the root that comes out of that desolate place. He's the root that comes out of those uh, dry, desolate, deserted places. We think God shows up when good things happen. We think God, you know, we, we in our minds, we think it's when good things happen that God shows up. I'm gonna tell you something about God. He was showing up well before the good thing ever happened. He was there before the blessing came. He was there before the rain fell. He was there before you know, the good job came and the good-looking wife came and the good-looking husband came and the blessing. No, God was there way before that. You know, <clears throat> in our lives, um, so many times uh, we go through deserted places and deserted times, but you've never been deserted. Do you know you can go through deserted places and not be deserted? We can go through deserted moments and times of our life and we're not deserted. Though it feels like it and we look around and we go, it's dry and it's dead and I'm going through one of those seasons. Stephanie mentioned a season we've been going through lately. And, and, and we're going through one of those times. Yes, yes, it's, it, I know it feels desolate. I know it feels deserted and I know it feels dry and I know it feels dead, but you've not been deserted. God's still with you this whole time. He's there and he's on your side and he's for you. We see these people following Jesus into these desolate, deserted places. I begin to think about people in desolate places. It seems that's where God moves the most. It seems that's when God shows up. We always go, well, God, you know, again, we have this great mountaintop experience. We go, oh, God showed up. No, no, no. God showed up in your desolate place. That's why you had the mountaintop experience. It wasn't that God showed up when you got to the mountain. He was with you in the valley. That's why you got to the mountain. That's why the psalmist would say that you are my shepherd, I shall not want you lead me. And then a couple of verses later he says, and I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But you're still there. But you're still there. And, I, and I'm reading these stories. No wonder, no wonder Jesus was able to feed 5,000. Their faith brought them all the way around the sea and made him climb up a mountain just to be with him in a desolate, dry place. I thought about Moses. It was on the backside of a desert where God found Moses and God showed up. It was on the backside of a desert in the middle of nothing when God showed up. The three Hebrew children went through a fiery furnace when God showed up. Daniel was in the lion's den when God showed up. Elijah was sitting under a tree nearly suicidal when God showed up. Lazarus was dead and in a tomb when God showed up. Peter was in a prison cell when God showed up. Paul was in the middle of a, a storm in a shipwreck when God showed up. Desolate, deserted, dry, lonely places. And then God comes and he shows up. He shows up and he, and he does what he does best. He does the miraculous. When, we, when we're willing to follow him, when we're willing to just take steps to go, I don't care, God. If it's desolate, I don't care. If it's deserted, I don't care. If it's dry, I don't care. I'm following you. I'm following you. If it's gonna be hard, I don't care. And if it's gonna be easy, I don't care. And if it's gonna be fun, I don't care. And if it's gonna be difficult, I don't care. And if it's gonna be joyous, I don't care. And if it's gonna, if it's gonna cause pain, that's fine too. I'm gonna follow you. Because when we start having the attitude, God, I'm going to follow you no matter where you take me. Something good's gonna happen in your life. 
Something good will happen when we make up our minds, I'm going to follow you even if it looks deserted, even if it looks desolate, even if it looks dry. I'm going to follow you. I'm following you. I don't know if you've been around church a long time or not. You remember that old song, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I need some of you singers to help me. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Come on, let's sing it. Where he leads, I think I changed the key. Me, I will follow. Where he leads, me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. The way, come on, you sing better when you're standing. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Yeah, amen. You can be seated this morning. You just sound better when you stand. I changed keys. How many times did I change keys, Diane? Diane knows. She can tell me four, five, six times. Three times in one song. That should be our prayer. That should be our prayer. Oh, wherever you lead, I'm following. Wherever you lead, I'm following. Do you actually think, when I say something like God loves us, do you actually believe God loves you? When I go, God knows everything. He knows beginning from the end. He, he wants best for us. Do we actually believe that? If we actually believe that God loves us and he wants the best for us, then surely to goodness, he's not gonna lead us where we shouldn't be. So we should by all means say, God, wherever you lead me, I'm following. I, and I see that they prospered. These people prospered. 5,000 hungry people, 4,000 hungry people prospered because they were willing to follow Jesus, just because they were willing to follow him. All these people who were so hungry, God fed them more than they could eat because they followed. And number two, I'm gonna to touch on this. We're gonna finish it up next week. Number two, not only did they follow, this is a big one, they stayed. They stayed. Oh, we like to follow Jesus until something else comes along. We like to, oh, I'm all in until something else happens. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, count me in until something else comes along. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, always, I'm, I'm for you, God, until something else comes along. Well, here's something that I notice in this story. In both of these stories, they stayed. They stayed. The 5,000, they meet him there on the other side of the sea after running around the sea, and they stayed there. 
they stayed with him and they, they wouldn't go anywhere. In chapter 15, verse 32, it teaches us that they, they, these 4,000, think about this, these 4,000 people followed Jesus into a desolated place and I think I would have went, eh, this is too deserted for me. Let's get back to town. When, when we were looking to buy a house here a couple years ago, I, um, one of the stipulations for us, sounds so crazy now, one of the stipulations for us was like, we had to be fairly close to a Walmart. We wanted country living, but by a Walmart. It's something I found out. They don't build Walmarts in the country. They build Dollar Generals in the country. Like 20 of them on the same street. Uh, I would have been the guy going, oh, this is kind of desolate. It's kind of deserted. Let's go back. 4,000 men plus women and children stayed in a deserted, lonely place, dry and dead. Well, I just don't believe, preacher, God would ever lead us to a place like that. Read your scripture. Most of the time before God ever did the great, he led them to a desolate place. And they stayed. Three days Matthew 15, three days, 4,000 men plus women and children stayed with Jesus. They stayed there and wouldn't leave. And he would come in and he'd get up in the morning and he would start teaching and thousands would gather around him. And the Bible says he said, it wasn't that he had a big sound system and, and awesome musicians and singers. And, no, he would just sit and 4,000 people would listen to what he was saying. Day in and day out, three days later, Three days and they have not eaten. Three days they went without food and they stayed. Their spiritual hunger far outweighed their physical hunger. Their spiritual desire far outweighed their physical desire. They wouldn't leave. They refused to leave. There is something about determining to stay. There is something about this thing, this determination. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay where Jesus, I'm staying where he is. Dry times, that's okay. Desolate, that's okay. Deserted, that's okay. Lonely, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm going to stay. It requires, sometimes this stuff just requires digging in your heels and refusing to leave. And that's where they were. That's where they were before Jesus fed 4,000 people and had baskets of food left over. That's where they were before they became prosperous in that desolate place. They followed Jesus, and when they got there, they was like, I'm not leaving. I'm just not leaving. I'm staying here. We, we live in a world today who it seems that we run at the first hint of any problem. Whatever it is that's going on, we just run. It's a lot easier to run than it is to face our problems. It's a lot easier to run than to work our way through something. It's a lot easier to run than it is to figure out a way to make that marriage work. It's a lot easier to run than it is to figure out how to make that relationship work. It's, it's a lot easier to run than it is to stick out, although your, your boss got upset with you. It's, it's easier to run than it is to deal with that and to see your way through it. It's a lot easier to run than it is to go back to school. It's a lot easier to run than it is to, to fight our way through some of these things. But there comes a point in our life, if we really want to prosper in dry, desolate places, we have to make up our minds, we're going to stay. I refuse to leave. Today, our culture seems to have a run-first mentality. Things get difficult, just run. 
I think it looks better over there. Just run away. Grass is greener on that side. Let's, let's run from here and get over there. I think that would fit our fancy better than this would. Let's run over there. It's creeped into the church world to an nth degree in this day, in this day and age where we just run to whatever looks good and whatever's bright and whatever fits our fancy at the moment. We run to it. We've had people come to our church and we've had people leave our church for everything from music to, to, uh, uh, to um, everyone said the preaching's great, so it's not that. But um, <clears throat> music to something about kids to, to something about lights to something about who wrote music and something, you know, all this, uh, what version? We had people come, I, don't, I can't say here, you read out the wrong version of the Bible. And at some point, sometime, you're only going to prosper if you just stay. I'm not saying stay right here at this church. I'm saying wherever you are and God, wherever God planted you, wherever God planted you, you need to stay. You need to stay. Grass isn't always, do you know why grass seems greener on the other side? It's because someone stayed there and planted it and watered it and fertilized it. And the reason that it's so bare under your feet is because you've not stayed anywhere long enough for the grass to get green. Because you planted it yesterday and you thought it was gonna be green today. And sometimes it takes days, weeks, months, and years for that grass to get green. So when we look under our feet and we go, well, it's greener over there, you might want to remember someone stayed over there and made that grass green. And most likely, you're going to take your, oh boy, now I'm just meddling, but it's good anyway. You're going to take all your problems over there and kill that grass. Stay where God planted you and let the grass get green under your feet and let him prosper you and let him bless you and let him help you and let him bring some good things into your life. Can I get an amen? amen. It's good stuff. That's good preaching, preacher. I know that. Thank you. You always have times of desolation, dryness. You always have famine and droughts. Your family, you'll have droughts. Your marriage, you'll have droughts. Oh, not us, preacher. I remember, I'm going to close with this thought. I remember when we first got married, we was only married a few months, maybe, not even, a few weeks, maybe, a couple months. We had a marriage seminar at our church. We went to this conference center and, and uh, all, all these family, all these couples got together at this conference center and, and uh, boy, Steph and I, heck, we was only married for a few weeks. We loved each other so much, it was ridiculous. I didn't think she could do anything wrong except cook and she didn't think I could do anything. I had to squeeze that in. And, uh, you know, she didn't think I could do anything wrong except laundry and we got married and we, man, we just loved each other. We went to this conference. We sat in this room and listened to all these old couples younger than us now, but old, been married several years, and they would just be like, ah, griping and complaining. And, and we was over here, and we had to take this self-assessment test, one to 10, 10 being best. We was like 10, 10. It didn't matter if it was talking about, you know, well, whatever. There's some personal questions. <laughs> it was like 10, 10, 10. Spend money, 10. Things good everywhere else, 10. You know, love each other, 10. You know, you like to, and it could be, it was this ridiculous thing. Like, their laundry doesn't stink, nope, 10. Nothing about them. These other people are scoring like 20, and there was like 50 questions. And, uh, 
And, and we were like, well, it's 20. We've got 200 on ours. What are you talking about? What's wrong with you people? Then, then after a while, as you stay a while, you hit some dry spots and you hit some deserted spots and you hit some lonely spots. And if we were taken at certain times, it'd be like three, <laughs> three. She'd have been like, where's the negative? You know, how do we get negative on here? Times, desolate times come to all of us. Jobs, marriage, finances, frustrations, relationships. It comes. They always do. They'll always come. The point isn't for us to escape those. The point is for us to understand I'm not deserted even in a deserted place. I'm not deserted even in a deserted place. Genesis chapter 26, I want to read this one scripture. In fact, you can go ahead and stand. That, that makes me finish up quicker. Genesis chapter 26, I'm going to close with this scripture. We're going to finish this up next week. <clears throat> Everyone say next week. I just want to keep reminding you, you want to be back next week. It's going to be good. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 says, it's, it's, it's about Isaac. It says this, there was another famine. There was another famine. There was another famine. Not the first famine. There was another one. You might go, well, I just went through one last year. Yeah, there'll be another one. There'll be another one. Dry times come. Marriages, relationships, even churches, dry times come. That's okay. There'll be another one. There was another famine in the land in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. The famine hits, and Isaac is trying to decide what to do, and he's weighing his options, and he's looking around, and he's saying, but the grass is so much greener over there. It looks so much better down there. Egypt, Egypt would rarely have a famine. They had a huge river that Keith and I one time got to be at the head of that river in Africa. And, and, and it flows right through that city, or that land, that country. And, and, and it looks so great. Things were doing so well down there. Maybe we should just take our family and go there. Maybe we should take this job. And maybe I should take this relationship. And maybe I should, maybe I should work on this. And, and, and maybe I should do this. And listen, I, famines come and famines go. And so often as married people, we, we start going, oh, yeah, but man, he is so much better looking than what I have. He listens to me better than the guy I have. No, she looks like she's 20 years younger than what I have. Come find out she's 25 years younger. So quick to leave what we have trying to gain something when really we would gain what we want if we would just take time take time to work on what we have. How about this? Instead of running from everything, why don't we put ourselves into what we already have? We just go, I'm already here. God, you've already planted me here. Now help me. Help me to make this grass green. Help me to make this grass green. Here, Isaac, 
is trying to decide, do I, what do I do? do I, should I go to Egypt where it's better or what? God says, do not go to Egypt. He got a word. He got a word. Do not go to Egypt. Live in this land. Live in this land that I tell you about. Verse 3, stay in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. Stay in this land. Stay in this land. Get rooted. Get grounded. God, you put me here dry, dead, desolate. It's not really working the way I thought it was going to. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to stay anyway. I'm going to stay right here because I know eventually you're going to feed the 4,000. I know eventually you're going to feed the 5,000, and I know eventually you're going to feed me. I'm going to stay right here until I see you move. And his promise to Isaac was this. Don't go to Egypt. Don't go running for something new and something different, something bright and glittery. Don't do that. You stay right here, and I'll take care of you. We're going to finish this up next week, but you're going to see God took care of him. You can read it on your own time. God took care of him. Amen. I, I want this to be a word of encouragement for us this morning because some of us are going through dry, desolate places. I want this to be a word of encouragement. You need, with God's planted you there, you stay there. You stay there until he says something different. You stay there. Well, I just don't know. No, you stay there until he says something different. Stay there and let him prosper you and bless you. Amen.